listening to It's All About Perspective with your hosts, Abigail Peterson from Kindergarten Chaos and Principal Robert Hinchliffe. Join us as we discuss education from various points of view. Take the challenge of listening to see if your opinion changes. But no matter where you stand on the issues, remember, it's all about perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to It's All About Perspective podcast. My name is Abigail Peterson and my co-host... I am Robert Hinchliffe, and we are excited. We have an amazing guest today. I know Abby's excited. I'm excited. So, Abby, let's get to it. I am so excited because this is not only someone that just about everybody in education knows, let's face it, right? (laughs) But he's also somebody that I call a friend, um, and his name is Mr. Greg Warren Smedley from the Kindergarten Smorgasbord. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so glad we finally made it happen. We've been trying to get you on for several weeks, but you are a busy, busy, busy man. We know that. Yeah, so it never we, stops. <laughs> but it actually, it kind of worked out perfectly because you finished the year a couple weeks ago. You finished the school year out. And I would love for you to talk about how your year you have you this year you were really a pinnacle for a lot of people and a point uh, um, of reference that people kept going back to and referring. I know you were all over the news. You were on Good Morning America because you really made distance learning work and were such an example to a lot of educators all over the United States. So let's talk a little bit about how different the school year was and how. You made it work, how make, how you feel about it, how it went, I'll let you take over. Yeah, so, you know, our district announced last summer um, that we were going to start the year virtually, um, and, and I, I totally freaked out because I, I, didn't, I didn't know how in the world that would work with kindergartners, you know, especially those first days of school, because the relationship building is so important with kindergarten, and I, I just couldn't imagine how that would work on a screen and, you know, virtually. But I decided almost immediately that I was going to approach the school year just like I would any school year. I wanted my kids to have the most normal kindergarten experience that I could give them. And so, you know, I I know a lot of people like completely redid how they, everything, and they, you know, they did all, they went all digital and, and all this stuff and it worked great for them. But I wanted as much of a normal experience. I wanted, you know, anchor charts and graphic organizers and read alouds and, and art projects and all of that that we do in our classroom in a, in a typical year. And so that was kind of my approach to it. And I also thought, you know, no one's ever done this before. So there's really no right or wrong way to do this. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, that's kind of how I went into the whole thing is like, I'm just going to do this. And every day I'm going to figure out what works, what didn't work. And you will just adapt pretty much daily as, as needed. And I can, I remember if you go back and watch that first day of school video that went viral, if you know me well enough, you can read my body language. (laughs) You can see how tense I am in that video because I was terrified because I had no idea. Like I'm, you know, I'm looking at my screen and waiting and little videos start to pop on and hear these kids. And I'm like, okay, what now what? Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I remember they started talking to me and we, we kind of went through our morning meeting and we, we sang songs and they were smiling and having a good time. And I remember when we were done, I, I sent Jason a text and I said, we did it. 
And I said, this will work. This, this will work. And so that was just, that was kind of my approach to the whole year was this will work. And, you know, if something doesn't work, we tweak it. We figure out why, why it didn't work. And so that was really kind of the approach that I took. Um, so, you know, virtual was hard. Um, I, I definitely feel like there were missing pieces throughout the year. Um, but I don't feel like my kids are behind at all. I, I feel like they have some missing pieces. But, you know, you think about the problem solving, the flexibility, the perseverance, the computer skills. I mean, we use Microsoft Teams, which is a beast if you're not familiar. Like, it is not fun at all. But my kids can, they can log themselves on. They can mute, unmute. They can turn the cameras off and on. Like, all those are skills that are going to benefit them for the rest of their lives. And so, you know, academics looks a little bit different at the end of the year. But overall, it was, you know, it was exhausting and overwhelming and scary and terrifying. And there were tears and, and lots of frustration and some cussing. But overall, <laughs> it was it was an incredible... The cussing was, you know, me not on the computer. That was, you know, the family's cussing in the background. Or that um, would be viral. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, um, but, you know, overall, like as I've, the school year ended and, and we've kind of, you know, had time to, to process everything that happened this year, I really feel like it was an incredible year. The most challenging, the most difficult year I've ever had as a teacher, but it was definitely in- incredible. I grew as a teacher. I've learned a lot about teaching. My biggest takeaway from this has been that good teaching is good teaching, period. Whether that's virtual, face-to-face, hybrid, whatever, good teaching is good teaching. And that translates no matter what. And you know, one thing that I also, I also want to add is your attitude and your mindset also plays a big part in all of this. And as I said, you and I have been friends for many years. And the one thing that I think that we have in common is that we both kind of take on a challenge and say, I choose how I react to the situation. And you have such a positive approach. And even though it's hard, it's just like we tell our kindergartners, we do hard things. We try, we try. And I love that. And I think people respect you in the, in the fact that you also have a healthy balance of, yeah, this is not ideal. This is not ideal. It's not exactly what I thought it was going to be, but I'm not going to sit in a corner and pout. I'm not going to I'm not going to take it out on my kids. I'm not going to purposely sabotage the school year because of what it is. And right. I know I appreciate that and I know thousands of other educators as well. And I appreciate and thank you for leading that charge. Well, and the thing about it was like it's not what I wanted at all. I, 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 we, nobody we, did. Nope. Right? <laughs> nobody we, did. We started virtually. We went, we were virtual for nine weeks. We went in person for about nine weeks. We went back to virtual for about six, seven weeks. And then the rest of the year was in person. And I will tell you, going virtual the second time really got to me. Um, because it, I, after being, especially after having the kids in the classroom, face and to person, face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was hard. And so it's, it was never what I wanted. And there were, there were times when, you know, it it wore me down, but at the end of the day, my, my job, my, my moral and ethical obligation are to my students. And so, you know, I had to overcome my personal feelings and emotions so that I could make sure that they were getting the best experience possible. Now, Robert, I know you're an admin, so you, 
you have some questions for him that I necessarily wouldn't think of. Um, what are your questions for Greg? Well, I mean, I just appreciate it too, because like you just said, it was hard. And I've said that many times on the podcast. It was a hard year, especially opening a new school. We didn't have, we don't have teams. We don't have colleagues. We don't have, you know, anything really except for these strangers who have come together. And magically, you are now teaching online with kids that you don't know. They don't trust you. So it was definitely a challenge. But I was just wondering, from your perspective, what do you think was the most difficult thing this year? Was it that first morning when you had to make sure technology was working? Or was it trying to get buy-in? Where did you really think that was the most difficult? So I think technology will always be the challenge. Um, but I think if we can, if we take that out, for me, my... 95% of my students are EL. And so most of them speak little to no English, as do their families. So that was one of our biggest challenges this year was the language barrier um, and being able to communicate, like, you know, the technology stuff, the, the computer stuff, all of that. So that really was our biggest challenge. But then getting, you know, I think parent, I, I was very blessed this year, I, you know, complete transparency. I had phenomenal families. I had no issues with support buy-in um, and we were all kind of in the same boat, but I, I really think that that language barrier for us, but the relationship building too was, was probably one of those, one of the harder things to do because it's hard to build a relationship through a screen. Yeah. And so going forward, you know, I thought you said something earlier. I thought this year, the amount of growth in the educational field out by far outpaced any year since probably education was invented because teachers had to become computer programmers. They had to learn all these things. So the growth was huge. And kind of from the admin standpoint now, one of the um, one of the curiosities I have is, how are we going to take what we learned from last year and use it next year in person, hopefully? So where do you see that going in terms of your classroom? My biggest thing going forward is the relationships with families. And this is something we, we, we always talk about in education, and it's something we know is important. And I think it's something we do, most of us do well. But this year, I had a bond and a relationship with my families unlike never before. And it made everything better. It made everything easier. Like, I could, you know, in the middle of a live class, I could message the families and be like, y'all, it's really noisy in your house. And they would fix it because we had that relationship. And so that's something that I will will continue to carry forward after this year is to to do those same things. I did home visits this year, never done those before. I sent, as soon as I would get a kid on my roster last summer, they got a, a letter in the mail from me. Their families got a letter from me with pictures of me. And so all of those things will continue because that bond and those relationships it really is what made the year successful. So let me ask you a question, going back to that, because I know that in years past, before distance um, learning, you had relationships with your with your families as well. So is the difference that, you know, you had to have like their telephone numbers to text them and you, you know, you had like immediate communication, whereas before you're a little bit, you're connected, but you're a little disconnected because you're not communicating with them every day. Exactly. And like this year, like they all had my phone number, which is not something I've done in the past. Going forward, I will always give them my phone number from now on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think because, you know, in a typical year, we'll communicate through, you know, remind or text messages or whatever, maybe at pick up and drop off, mm -hmm. um, you know, and if there's an issue, we, you know, we'll communicate that way, you know. But with this year, like it was 
constant communication all day long, every day. Even when we went back in person, I was constantly sending pictures out. So because they had the, the families were so used to, to seeing what their kids were doing, I didn't want them to lose that when we were in person. So I think that that constant level of communication is what made this year so so different with relationships. And successful. And successful. Yes, absolutely. Because I know, and and as you do too, on social media, we hear from teachers all over who did not have successful years, you know, and you, you, you say, okay, what was it? It was it the teaching. Was it the lack of communication? You know, where was the, where was the missing piece? And it sounds like, you know, definitely that, that uptick in communication and connection with the families was really a pivotal piece for you this year. Well, and you think about it. Unlike any other year, the families actually got to see what we do, how we (laughs) teach, and how their kids respond. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, how their kids really act, right? Right, right. They got to see, they got a, a, it was just an unprecedented look into what teaching is and what school is like. And so I think, I think it gave the families a different appreciation for the teachers. And I think that's something that we'll see continue. And it really gave them a literal front row seat yes. to education because in all over the span of time, you know, families have already have always sent their, their children to school and they go, they come in, you know, not knowing how to identify their name. And then suddenly in the end of May, they come out and they're able to read. And it's like, wow, what an amazing job. Hand clap for you, teacher. But yeah. this year they really got to see how all the pieces work together. Yeah, you make a good point. You know, Abby, like when we started using Class Dojo at, at Smith um, and the parents got to get a peek into it, people would post pictures or I would post a video or whatever parents loved that because they got to see it. And I think like Greg said this year, that was just amplified. And um, I think it definitely mm-hmm. showed parents that they should value what the teacher is doing and the time put in and all that they're, all that they're doing for their kids. So I definitely think there's a lot of positivity, like you said, out of that. Now, Greg, one of the questions um, that Robert and I talked about, and I kind of know the answer to, <laughs> but um Tell us a little bit about your team, like your kindergarten team at your school. So there are, there were seven of us this year. There'll be eight of us next year. So we have a pretty large team, but we, we work very, very well together. Um, next year, it's going to be a, a almost completely new team. So um, that, that's going to be interesting, but we've, we've all met and, and we, we mesh well, it seems. Um, but you know, in the past few years, I've, I've been very lucky. I've had an amazing team. We, we have a strong bond. We also have that enough, that relationship to where we can be like, no, 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 that's not okay. So we have that ability to, we, we can have those conflicts and then, you know, we were, we're able to work through them and come out stronger on the other side. Um, and you know, we, we all, we all teach differently. We teach the same content, the same standards, the same skills, but we all approach it differently, but we, we're very collaborative. We, we share our ideas, our resources. We, we solve problems together. Um, and, you know, we, and part of that is that we, we we're friends outside of the school. We're very close. Um, three of my teammates have babies. We li- literally had March, April, May. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's a bond, but you know, it's, it's, and you know, we, we joke a lot of times about we're, we're just a dysfunctional family. Like, everybody else right like we we have good days and bad days and and we we love each other 
and we're there for each other. And then, you know, the next day we're screaming at each other. And then the next day we're, we're, we're happy as could be again. And so it's that same dynamic, but, you know, I've been very, very lucky with, with my team in the past few years. And I'm excited for my new team um, starting off the next school year. So now kind of build on that. Cause I'm going to expand a little bit admin on the admin side. And Abby argues with me all the time. I want the Kumbaya. I want people to work together. But Abby will say, well, there's no way, there's no way everybody can be like that. And that's what we strive for. So when I think about, oh my gosh, seven other people have to work with them. Are they, do they feel, I mean this, cause what I find at my school is, um, you know, I have, I have some people like, or when we were at Smith and Abby was there and another teacher um, who have a big following, sometimes people felt inferior in ways. And, and so do you have that? And, 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 you know, what do you think about that? Because you obviously have a massive following. You do all this stuff, but you're doing it for the right reasons. But it does, on the other side, make teachers have that that complex a little bit. Yeah, so I have to say I've been very lucky. My team has been – they've always been supportive. Um, I, you know, I've been doing my blog now for almost 10 years, and so I, my team has always been supportive. Um, and I, I, the thing is you're, there are always going to be people out there who are going to be jealous or mean and negative. And you, you just have to learn that it's, it's not about you. Um, and my, you know, the thing is, is what I tell people, and I say this all the time, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just me. I just, I, I'm just me and I show up every day and I do what I do in my classroom. And it's the same thing I've been doing for, you know, I've been in kindergarten now, what, 13 years, 14 years. Um, and I, I was doing this the same stuff before I started writing a blog. And so what, what you see is, is, is what it's, it's me. And, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of intimate, you know, feelings of intimidation and jealousy. And I think that's just, I think that's any job, any place you go when people are perceived as, as being, you know, special or, or famous or, or whatever, you're just proving yeah. my point for me, like, Greg, because we had this conversation <laughs> already and I told him, I said, this happens in every right. career. And, yes. he- <laughs> and so, you know, yes. and well, I, you I know, think like, you just, you have to learn how to, to, to address it um, and to realize that sometimes you're just not going to be able to, to overcome all of those challenges. Right. And so like one thing for me, you know, I try to impress upon the staff that success for one is success for all of us. Yes. If Greg is awesome in kindergarten, that helps out first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Yes. But unfortunately, two things is some people just aren't um, aren't out there like you are, you know, do all those things. That's just not their style. But then some people habitually are what I call the seesaw person where they lift themselves up by making someone else go down. They don't want to ride the elevator. We all go up. They want to be the seesaw. And so I find it very difficult from admin to kind of get people to realize that no success for one is success for all. And I don't know if that happens at your school or not, but it's a, it's a struggle I think in education. Oh, absolutely. And I think it happens in every school. And my thing is, this is the one thing we talk about a lot is that I don't, what I do in my classroom works for me and my classroom for my students. Right. right. That may not work in Abby's classroom mm-hmm. and that is 100% okay and if it you is. don't want to get and do something big and flashy, don't do it. If you want to show up and do a read aloud without wearing a costume, please re- do the read aloud. Don't wear the costume. Like we never, ever say to anybody, this is how it has to be done. 
what I'm showing, what I'm saying is, this is what I do in my classroom. This is what works for my students. If it works for you, fantastic. If not, mm-hmm. fantastic. All I want is for you to be uplifted, inspired, and hopefully motivated to think outside of the box or to try something new or to take a risk. That's it. I don't care if you never do anything that I do, but I'm hoping that you'll be like, wait, if he can do that, why can't I maybe try this? Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the the, the whole passion of the kindergarten smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. And I love it because that really that really supports what I try to say is you don't have to. So we use uh, we use, um, you know, runners, walkers, riders. You don't have to run in the same areas as this person. You have to run in the areas that are best for you. And so by you saying that, maybe people will listen because they don't like to listen to the admin. So <laughs> thank you very say, much. <laughs> I know there's been a lot of talk about all the amazing work that teachers and kids and families have done. But can we also just give a shout out to admin? Yes. Because oh, they had... Oh just as challenging of a school year. And I can't even begin to imagine what was coming to my principal, like what was being pushed down on him from, from the district that he had to then, you know, push down to us plus deal with, I just, I just. Well, deal with, you what deal with the parents and you deal. I, I mean, in, I know in our district and I, you, you had um, uh, blended online, you know, back and forth, but our district um, we didn't even open up blended until March. And then you had families that were like, Oh, we're going to do online this week. Oh, we're sorry. We're, yeah. we're going to come back to the classroom next week. And admin had to deal with all of that. Yeah. yeah. So I have, we just need to give a huge shout out to all yeah. admin because yeah. they, they helped make this year. Doable. No, see, so, but the good admin going to say, no, the teachers in the trenches are the ones that made it successful. I feel like, you know, from admin side, this year I had to support teachers mentally more than I ever had to. I had to talk a lot of people off the cliff. I don't know how many times you got close to that, but, you know, it was a different year for us and just in making sure the teachers have what they need. And I had to have some teachers like, you're taking Thursday and Friday off. You need to get away. And, um, and that was important. So this year for us, at least on my side, is just making sure that the teachers in the trenches were mentally okay to come back Monday. Because it was hard. And I hope that's something that continues. I hope that focus, because I think we do a really good job of taking care of our kids with SEL, but I think the, the gap can be taking care of our teachers and the adults in our buildings. And so I hope that that's something that will continue as we move forward from this year. Agreed. So kind of going in with that, how do you, one of the things we've talked about, you know, is taking care of yourself, self-care. Where do you draw the line? Because you have scheduling Sundays. You are all over. You teach this. You teach that. Where do you draw your line? Because you are out there. You're a busy man. So, you know, for, and this is something I think we need, I need to do, me and Jason need to do a better job of. We need to do a better job of showing that when Adeline goes to bed at 8, at 730, 8 o'clock, y'all, we get in the bed. <laughs> we, we might have our computers out and be doing stuff, but we are in bed at 730. Um, I get in the hot tub every night, like literally every single night I get in the hot tub. That's, that's my self-care. And so, you know, it's, you, you have to find that balance that works for you. For me, doing schedule on Sunday for three to four hours on every Sunday really takes away a lot of the stress of the week because everything's done. And so if something comes up and I don't get planning, no big deal. And I don't have to stay after school and, and get anything ready. I get to leave, go get Adeline from school, come home. You know, and anything that we do during the week, we always do it after she goes to bed. Um, And so, you know, you just you have to find that balance. But also what I've learned over the past couple of years for me 
is I have to say no at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that I don't want to take responsibilities and not that I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to put the burden on anyone else, but also like, I know with, with what I, with my family and, and my schedule, like I can't be on the leadership team every year. I can't be the team lead every year. Um, I can, I can be, I'll serve on committees. I'm happy to, to help and guide, but there are things I know that I, I just can't do. And so as, and you know, me and my principal have an amazing relationship. And it's hard because I don't ever want to, to say no to him, but I've had to learn that, that it's okay to say no. And if he wants that too. He wants me to say, no, I can't do that this year. Or no, I can't do that right now. Can you get someone else to do that? And I think that's something that we are hearing more people vocalize in, in the education um, sphere is it's okay to say no. It's okay to know your boundaries because I think a lot of people do look at you, Greg, or do look at other, you know, um, teacher influencers and say, wow, they're like, they do everything. But the reality is, is that you're, you're out there saying, I don't do everything. There are some things I have to say no to, and it's okay to say no. It's okay to set those boundaries. You know, we've talked about that. Now I'm, I'm a different principal, I think in a lot of ways than many others, but you have to be able to say no, because it comes back to taking care of your people. If they, if they aren't happy at home, it's going to affect their work. And so you have to find that balance. So again, I'm glad that you're telling people say no. I don't, I usually like, I think Abby will walk in your room like, now you can say no, but I, you know, what do I got to do? And then, you know, you feel a little guilty about saying no. Yes, I do. I do. Yes, I do. Because especially when it's, things that have to do with, with kids, you know, and you want to give kids Mm -hmm. the best experience and you want to do those things. And so sometimes it is. And another thing, another point I'd like to add is it's okay to say no and know that later on down the road, you might say yes. You know, um, there's different um, stages of life. And, you know, if you're a new teacher and and you don't have young kids, maybe you have a lot more time and maybe you can say yes yes to everything. And then there might be a time where you have little kids at home and you can't, but then the day may come and your kids are, you know, in sports and you have a little bit more free time. So know that it's not forever. It's not forever. And, and, and there will be times that you say no, and there'll be times that you say yes, unless your principal makes you feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And then you say yes. And then you say, okay, fine, I'll do it. All right, fine, I'll do it. I got this. Kind of along the relation, you just said you have a great relationship with your principal. I was thinking, you know, when I see people like you who are out there, if I was in your classroom, I'm always, I struggle with Abby a little bit too. Um, What kind of feedback can I possibly give this person to move them forward? And I think I've gotten to where it's either, you know, hey, did you think about this? And then that makes the light bulb go on. Or, you know, are you slowing the hike is down? That's my big thing right now, yeah. because we are trained to help the, the strugglers, not so much the students yeah. that are not struggling. So what kind of I, all all great teachers want feedback, but what kind of feedback do you personally enjoy that inspires you? Like I'm so I kind of function like I don't want like I don't do well with like broad overarching feedback. OK, like if you come in and say, oh, your, your pacing was great okay, that's good. I'm glad, but that doesn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Like I need very specific concrete types of feedback. Mm-hmm. And so my, you know, my principal has, we, we've worked together for eight years now. Um, and so he's, he's learned that about me. And so he knows that the kind of feedback that, that will, will push me. Um, and I will say one of my favorite memories of my principal is when we, we'd only been teaching for 
working together for a couple of years. And he, he had, he said, you know, I've never been a kindergarten teacher. And so it's hard for me to give you feedback and, and push you forward from where you are. And so he wanted me to work with some, some college professors. And so they were observing me and giving me feedback. And I loved that he was able to, to recognize that that was an area that, that we could both grow in. And so that he was willing to say, hey, why don't you get some outside people to, to help you and to push you and give you feedback? And so I think, you know, that's a sign of a great leader. Um, but I also want constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Like I want the principal and the vice principal or the assistant principal in my room. I want the coaches in my room and I want them to leave a sticky note that said, Hey, next time try this. Or what about if you did it this way? Like that, because teaching is very isolating um, unless you, you know, put everything on social media and then you get plenty of feedback. (laughs) Um, And so, um, but, and so you can kind of get into that echo chamber and, and you can kind of, get stagnant. And so I want people in my room watching and observing, not only to, to help me do better, but I also want them to see what we're doing. And I feel like the more admin knows what's going on in the classroom, the more they understand what our kids are capable of and what our challenges are. Well, even as you said, just having people come in and observe, um, I love that because they would ask questions that were kind of simple questions, but I, I forget because it's just routine to me and it makes me think and respond and say, Oh, well, this is why I do blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's the same. I was just thinking as you were speaking, it's the same reason why you and I do a book study every year. You know, it's like, we, we, we're doing these book studies and we're like, Oh yeah, it confirms like, yes, we're doing the right thing. Yes. This is, I've been doing that all along. I didn't know that the research said that this is the right way to do it, but I've been doing it like this. So I, and then on the next page, we're like, Ooh, wait, I I need to do better at this. mm -hmm. This is what I, this is an area that I need to work on. And so that having other people kind of just, and a lot of times it can just even be positive feedback, but you're like, wait a minute, if that's working, what if I did this? It's just getting your, you to think a little bit differently about what you're doing. Absolutely. Which brings me to something that I have watched evolve over this last year. And I think, again, you are a standout star in this area. And so let's talk about how professional development has changed. And kind of give us a background because you and I, um, I think we officially met at the SDE I Teach K conference years ago. That's when you and I first met. And I think I sat in on your inaugural session, your very first time. Yes, you were there, my very first one. My first time ever presenting anywhere was at the National Kindergarten Conference. Yeah. Ever. So that was years ago. And then, of course, um, as time has gone on, you've developed your own professional development and you have the Elevate Conference that you created a couple years ago. And so um, 2019, I mean, you had conferences like, I, I don't, how many conferences did you have in 2019? Um. Four. Yeah. So, so we, were, we were doing four a year at that point. Yeah. So, so, and then of course, everybody knows 2020 hit. And so kind of walk me through like what you, what your thought process was and then how it's brought us to now at 2021, summer of 2021, you have this amazing conference going on all summer long. Tell us how many people are registered and you have tons of feedback, amazing feedback. Yeah. Um, so what happened with us was in March, when everything shut down, we were kind of like, okay, what do we do? Like, what do teachers need? What do teachers want? Because, you know, at that point, every everybody was, was approaching t- 
teaching differently. Like my district, we weren't doing any any real teaching for the first month of the shutdown. We were really just focused on getting our kids food, making sure they were they were taken care of. Um, but we started hearing from teachers that they wanted professional development. They wanted to continue to learn and grow, and they wanted. And we looked at we all looked at it as a as a perfect time to do that, right? We have this time on our hands. Like I want I want to learn and grow, and and you know you think in the summer what do teachers do besides you know sleep and and go to the doctor and get their car fixed and all of that stuff? We do book studies and we we go to conferences and we do workshops because it's our time to learn new things and to improve our craft, and that's what we were hearing from teachers. And so we said one week Jason was like, hey, let's let's do a webinar. Cause we'd done some webinars in the past. Mm-hmm. He said, let's do a webinar and we'll see how it goes. And it like, people loved it. And they're like, Hey, are you doing another one? I do another one. And so I think we ended up doing like eight straight weeks of webinars. And, um, and so we, we, we kind of left it at that and kind of did that throughout the summer and went back into, you know, we did some at the beginning of the school year about back to school and all of that. And then we decided we obviously were not, we're, we're not doing any in-person conferences this year. It's it's just not worth it. it. You know, even with everything opening and the vaccines, we just didn't want we didn't want to put anyone at risk. And so everyone's health and safety is our number one priority. And so we said, let's try a virtual elevate. And so we did our first one back in December. Everyone loved it. And they're like, more, 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 more. And so then we did the, the phonics. So we did a very, very specific elevate, which was all about phonics. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're doing the one in the summer um, and people, yeah, the feedback has been amazing. Um, and I think teachers love it because you can do it whenever you want. Yes. And like for us, we give 90 days access. So you can, you can watch it, rewatch it, mm-hmm. rewind it. Like you can watch the whole thing and then come back later and watch it again. And so it's a, it's a whole different level of learning because it's at your own pace. It's in your own home. You're comfortable. If you feel like you missed something or you want to redo it, you can redo it. And so, so do you um, do you feel like um, do you feel like regular in person conferences are going to come back to the same extent that they were before 2020? Yes, because teachers are very um, social. social. Mm-hmm. We need that connection. Connection. And so, um, you know, I say it all the time when I'm in my standing up here recording my sessions. Like I, it's hard because there's no energy and, you know, you're telling stories and you're, 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 they're supposed to be funny and you're laughing, but there's no one else laughing. And you're like, Ooh, okay. you need a laugh track. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, an, an applause sign, maybe, I don't know, but, um, but I do, I, I think virtual, I think the virtual option will, will remain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually something people had asked us for, for years with Elevate. They had wanted an in-person and a virtual option. And so, I think that's something that you will you will see. I think we'll see both um, continue to just, go forward. But I want, I'm ready. Like I need. Like I think my my neck my very first in person is in November when I'm I'm doing a conference and I'm like I can't wait just because I want to have I need that energy and that that networking and that connection with other teachers. I'm just I think that that this pandemic actually showed people that they can, you know, they can operate a computer, they can, you know, they can actually get content digitally, you know, where before it's like some, some people wouldn't even try, they wouldn't even consider it. And now it's kind of put people in a position where, you know, they have options. Do you want to go in person? Do you want to be, you know, do the digital conference? And I just think that the digital space has just opened up 
tremendously because you have small, um, you have private schools and you have small little, you know, um, charter schools that can't afford to send four or five people to a conference and pay for their accommodations and the conference fee. So I think that, you know, the digital space with conferences and PD has just really opened up a new portal for teachers that wasn't there before. Which, and at the end of the day, it benefits not only the teachers, but it benefits the, st- the students in our schools. And so it, it has, a, it's, has a great effect for, it, for everybody. Agreed. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it too from admin because like Abby said, you know, we don't have money to send everybody. And like in Clark County, we don't have subs. So if I send three people, then we're short subs. You have the same problem. So there's all these challenges to sending people to a different state financially, um, you know, with people. Um, so now what you're doing with Elevate or what other people are doing digitally has really opened up admin's eyes as well to providing better feedback to teachers also. So it's a great resource for us to help. And especially for me who did not teach kindergarten, I'm very intermediate based, you know, like I learned a lot from Abby and from other teachers, but now I have this other option say, Hey, like, would you like to go subscribe and watch, uh, you know, watch Greg and Mm -hmm. learn from him. So it's given us tools as well from the admin side. And and it's also opened that, um, that door to, Oh, well, let's reach out to kindergarten sportsboard and see if he'll do a, you know, do a conference for us or, you know, do some PD one morning and, and we've done a lot of that. We've and we've done a lot of virtual uh, PD for schools and districts and stuff, and it's been fun. And you didn't have to leave your house. <laughs> no, most of the time they don't even. Most of the time I'm in shorts and barefoot with a, a nice shirt on up here, and they don't even know <laughs> the typical uh, COVID attire, right? right? From home, dressy on top and casual on bottom. That's right. Um. Out, okay, so we always love to end our podcast with something we call rapid fire. And we love to do it with guests, of course, because we kind of catch you, um, not off guard because they're not, they're not difficult, but we want to kind of okay. pick your brain a little bit. So let's start with who inspires you in your regular life? Like who, who inspires you? Um, my biggest inspiration has always been my mom. And if you look at a lot of what goes on in my classroom, it can it can be traced back to my mom, like her love of parties and celebrations and costumes. All of that comes from my mom and her, like she was her, she was just very unique and her own person and, and didn't care what people thought about her and she did her own thing. And so that's, that's where, that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. And in her honor, you have a scholarship to your conference as well, which I think is a wonderful tribute. As as a yeah, as, was, as somebody else who has also lost their mom, um, I think that's a beautiful tribute to your mom. Yeah, it was that the Debbie Smedley Scholarship was actually created by a group of our friends um, after our very first Elevate. It was it was their way of um, of just honoring my mom, and so that's where the scholarship came from. And so we've we've made sure that it continues um, every time we do an Elevate. All right. Well, then, who in- inspires you in education? Oh gosh, I think, you know, I'm always inspired by, by my teammates um, because I, I, see, I get to see them not only teaching, but I also get to see them work, working with their kids in a very personal way, which you don't always necessarily get with people on social media. Um, and so I'm always inspired to watch my teammates and the way that they, they love their kids and their, those families and they take care of those kids and their families. And so that's something that, that always inspires me, the way 
um, you know, you, you see the emotions, the raw emotions of, of kids moving or, you know, my teammate next door, um, one of my favorite stories from her last year, um, she had a cold. This was before COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so nobody, nobody panicked. Um, and so she, you know, she felt horrible. And so the next day, one of her little boys came to school and brought her a half, a bottle of Dimetap cough medicine, like half empty, mm-hmm. but nice. like, like that, like just knowing that the kind of relationship that she'd built with him for him to, to, to know she was sick and to bring her medicine that inspires me. And I get to see that every day with my teammates. Mm. Uh, what is one thing that annoys you most about your job or education in general? <laughs> um, what annoys me? Oh my gosh. Um, that I get summers off. Um, standardized testing annoys me. Um, also, what really, I think probably my biggest one is that we're not always seen as professionals. And so the idea that we have to have boxed curriculum and scripted lesson plans and like all of that stuff, like I, I'm, a, I'm an educated professional who's constantly learning and growing and reading and researching. And I know my kids and I'm with them eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And so I know what their gaps are. I know what their strengths are. I know how to get to them. I know how to reach them. And so it annoys me when, when it's, when we're not treated that way by not necessarily building admin, but you know, district and politicians, like I know what I'm doing. So let me do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He's, he said a lot of great things in the last 41 minutes, but that's my favorite. Cause I believe that wholeheartedly, like give the teachers what they need and get out of the way. Yes. What's one lesson or piece of advice that you received that you could share with our listeners? Ask for help. I can remember my very first year of teaching. I actually got hired to teach fifth grade, um, which was um, in Nashville in our school district. Fifth grade is middle school. And so I got to, I was, it was, you know, um, a very difficult school, um, but I absolutely loved it. And my principal told me, he said, this is going to be hard. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it's going to be a tough year. He's like, you've got great support. You've got great teammates. Ask for help. And that's always my, my advice. Ask for help. Because I think number one, teaching is isolating, right? We're in our classrooms. The doors are closed. We're with a bunch of five-year-olds all day. And so it, we're just kind of on our own most of the time. And there, I think there's also always this feeling or this pressure that if you ask for help or if you say, I don't know or I can't or I need help, it can be seen as weakness or failure in education. And so I think we, we've got to we've got to get rid of that and know that, hey, it's OK to ask for help. Agreed. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I wholeheartedly <laughs> there's there's no shame in that. No shame in asking for help. Um, OK, so last question. What do you hope to accomplish for the rest of your career? Wow. Um, I, I'm never leaving the classroom. Um, that's something that people always want. You know, Jason had, you know, as, as we've, you know, as things have, have grown and evolved with kindergarten smorgasbord. And even before that, he was like, don't you want to become an admin? He's like, you know, in, in corporate world, mm-hmm. that's what you kind of, kind of climb that ladder. And I'm like, well, education is different. Like being an admin is completely different than being a teacher, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, I just don't have that desire. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would do well. As an admin. <laughs> um, 
Uh, you're, maybe, you're probably yeah. no different. You're probably no different than everybody else. You don't want to deal with adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. anybody I try to get into admin, they're like, I don't want to deal with adults. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I plan to stay in the classroom and probably, hopefully, I mean, I can't imagine teaching anything else other than kindergarten. And so, you know, and hopefully we'll continue the kindergarten smorgasbord and hopefully we can continue to make an impact, not only in my classroom, but um, around the world. And I think you already are doing that. You already are doing that. You have a, you know, you, you give away not only advice and tips, um, but, you know, you share your resources with people and you're always connecting connecting with people, not just putting a blog post out there, but you actually put a face and all of your in-person videos that you do and you share. I think that's so helpful um, to teachers everywhere, all over the world. I mean, I, I know that you have teachers from different countries that also comment and sometimes it's in another language and we don't understand it, <laughs> but we know thumbs up. Good job. <laughs> well, yeah. And I can, um, I can attest to that. My wife, when we were going back in March, she just could not conceptualize how am I going to do this and then she watched you and you're doing everything in your room and she got it and all of a sudden she's like let's go back I can do this I've got it so personally I've seen the change that you made in someone and I can only imagine like the nation and other countries how many people you helped get through this year so from the admin point of view thank you very much from the husband point of view (laughs) thank you thank you very much uh, but, but honestly, happy wife, like, happy life, right? You, yeah, usually. <laughs> um, you are a beacon in education and if people are listening and they don't know who you are, they can go and find you at the kindergarten smorgasbord.com and all on your right. social media channels. You are, um, not only an amazing teacher, but an amazing, um, friend. And we appreciate it so much that you decided to come on our little podcast that we have in our little podcasting world so is there anything you'd like to um to end with before we sign off i think just that and i I don't know when this will will air but i know most of us are done some of us are finishing um more power to those of you who are still in school because i can't i can't um but just be proud of what you've done this year we teachers did something that i don't think any other profession could have done and we did it with with grace and we did it with honesty and we made it work and we did what was best and what was right for our kids. And I think as we look back on this year, we have so much to be proud of as a profession. And so, you know, take time for yourself this summer, but just be very proud of, of what we've done this year. Um, as as educators. Yes. Thank you. Ed- thank you, teachers. Thank you, admin. Thank you, families yes. and parents who have um, helped to make this year ha- actually make us get through the year. <laughs> we appreciate it. And no matter where you stand on the issues. It's all about perspective. See you next week. listening to today's podcast we would love to hear your perspective on this episode head over to our instagram page it's all about perspective 2021 or our facebook and twitter page and share your opinion don't forget to subscribe or rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast and one last thing remember it's all about perspective